They really found that because of outsourcing. You know, a lot of nursing homes, they do outsource their entire rehab department to a third party. And so those are not their employees. And they are kind of, you know, doing their own thing in the rehab department. So we really do love when facilities are able to go in-house because that does take that mystery away. It really does bring the walls down and it forces true collaboration. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another uh, live stream, live version of the Nursing Home Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about what goes on in the nursing home space. Maybe we talk about some of the things that are not spoken about other places, or we talk about some of the concepts that maybe are complex, and we try to simplify it in ways that everybody can really get what is going on and understand this mystical, strange, understood misunderstood space of the nursing home world. And today's, we have the CEO of QRM, Quality Rehab Management. And I just finished asking you how to pronounce your name beforehand. I'll try my best. I'm going to go with Frida Moab. Did I get it right? You got it. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> 10 out of 10. And we will be discussing the rehab department in the nursing home world. Exactly how in-house rehab versus manage the support that in-house rehab teams may need and lots of other interesting things. But before we do that, so Frida, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your professional background so that they can know, they know enough about me, but so they know a little bit about who you are and who they'll be learning from today. Sure. Thank you. Happy to be here this morning. So my name is Frida Moad and I am a speech language pathologist. I've been in the rehab world for 20 plus years, was a clinician, of course, and just kind of moved up the ranks, became the president of a third party rehab company, one of the largest in Texas for several years. And then right before PDPM launched, I decided to come over and create QRM. And what we do, of course, is manage rehab departments for facilities. We convert them to in-house and take care of all the kind of pain points for them. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for the for the overview. And I apologize for not fully in, for introducing you the way I was supposed to, but thank you for filling in those gaps of information. <laughs> so those familiar with nursing home operations know that the rehab department is kind of in many facilities operate as almost like a standalone company within the general nursing home operations. And many times this is true that the most educated, skilled practitioners, and this is no offense to the nurses or aides or anybody else in the building, it is the rehab team. And and many of us don't know exactly uh, what they do or exactly what how it kind of all fits together. And because of the complexity, I th- what you mentioned briefly, is that there are 
operators who choose to completely outsource the entire process to professionals who can do this. So first, I want to hear about your opinion on that. Is that something that you've seen work out well? Is that something that you haven't seen work out well? I know you have a strong about this. And, you know, just educate us on that first off. Sure, absolutely. So, of course, rehab is extremely important, you know, in, in nursing homes and across, you know, the gamut of healthcare. And we, you know, it, it is a little bit of a, of a different beast, you know, in, in the rehab uh, department, like you said. It is complex. There's a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. You know, there's a lot of intricacies with billing, licensure, supervision, just, you know, there's a lot that goes on in there. But what is critical is that rehab, it needs to be uh, very collaborative, of course, with nursing. And while it is very intricate, it is something that should not be, again, a standalone. It shouldn't be a department that, you know, is a big mystery to everybody. And we've really found that because of outsourcing, you know, a lot of nursing homes, they do outsource their entire rehab department to a third party. And so those are not their employees and they are kind of, you know, doing their own thing in the rehab department. So we really do love when facilities are able to go in house because that does take that mystery away. It really does bring the walls down and it forces true collaboration when therapists are part of that facility, when they're those employees, they're an employee just like anybody else, same as nursing, same as dietary. And so they are all in the same playing field and they all have to work together for that goal of that company versus they might have two, again, opposing companies with different rules and regulations. And so it's really nice to have everybody working together. I have found that when you do that, you really do open the communication and you open, um, again, the collaboration. And that's what PDPM is all about. It's all about working together, communicating, and working for the sole purpose of what is the best thing for this resident? What is the best thing for this patient? And it has nothing to do with, again, the gains of one company or of another. It is all for the same goal of taking care of this resident for this facility. So while it is, you know, again, a whole complex department, it shouldn't be a mystery. Everybody should be welcome. They should know about rehab. They should know what they do. They should all be working toward, you know, safe transitions. And you can't do that when you have, you know, when you're a completely separate department. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Well, thank you for that. Now, I'll tell you that, in, you know, as an administrator, I've certainly been pitched and probably have worked with outside vendors. And they claim that you won't even notice that this you know, that our therapists technically work for a different company. We seamlessly integrate with the facility. I guess what you're telling me from your experience, it's usually not the case. At the end of the day, if the paychecks are coming from a different department, they're, even if you're going to tell me that, you know, we're all interested in what's best for the resident and we all want to work together. And there's truth to that because that's why people work in these types of roles because they actually care, hopefully, most of the time. But at the end of the day, it is a different company. It's not the same. You are correct. You know, we, we've taken a lot of facilities in-house and we've, you know, sometimes the administrator tells us, you know, I don't even really know the names of the therapists. You know, a lot of different therapists kind of come in, come in and out. We have some PRNs. I know the DORs because we work with them, but we really don't work with the, you know, the therapists. And sometimes they're pulled to, to other buildings by the rehab company. But Again, you don't have a lot of interaction necessarily with the therapist, if especially if they're PRN, because they're not your employees. They're kind of 
just in and out. And so that's unfortunate when you don't really truly know all the staff that's coming in and out to take care of these residents. So I, again, I just find it much more collaborative and everybody becomes intertwined. Everybody knows each other. You know, when the, when that team is really answering to the admin, again, they all know each other. They start learning, you know, about their families. They start, everybody has a vested interest in each other. And they, these therapists no longer become contract employees. Why right. would you really forge that bond with a contract employee sometimes? You know, you want to do that with your own family. And that's what they become. Got it. So if I have a nursing home and I'm managing a nursing home, let's assume I'm convinced from your argument that in-house is better than outsourcing it for all the reasons that you just mentioned. What, what is the risk of trying to do that myself, ourselves, as opposed to bringing in outside experts to help oversee the process and ensure that it's successful? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, pretty much, you know, there's two big things. One is going to be, of course, financial. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, if I cut out that, you know, management fee, it's going to really save me money. But, you know, are you really, especially an admin, do you really have that time and expertise to, so you know, all the billing intricacies? Do you know about, again, the productivity? And it's unfortunate because productivity is such a big driver for therapists. So we really like to look at it as efficiency. So when we come in, we're looking at how can you be efficient? How can you be effective? versus it's all about the productivity. But if you're not watching that, that can easily get out of hand. So that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, you're going to definitely save money going in-house. But if you're not watching that efficiency and making sure those therapists, you know, their time is filled with with billable time, then you're going to, that cost is really going to escalate and get out of hand. The other thing, of course, is compliance and, you know, clinical. Do you have the clinical expertise to help these therapists? We're coming in not as the hammer, we're coming in as support. So do you have that level of knowledge and you know clinical expertise to help your therapist to make sure that they're up to date on the latest and greatest, to kind of look at documentation and look at, at goals to make sure that they're functional? You know, or are you are they just gonna be back there doing their own thing? So clinical is a big, a big uh, piece of it. And again, compliance. Are you do you know the ins and outs of the rules and regs? Do you know that a PT has to be on site in order for the PTA to work? Do you know that? Are you watching that? <laughs> you know, probably not. So again, there's a lot of compliance issues. You know, is the therapist, are they doing a 10th visit when they're supposed to? Are they signing off when they're supposed to? Are they allowing text to do treatments? Are they overutilizing on group when we could do group? So again, all those things are a risk if you go completely in-house without any kind of support. So that's a big, big reason why people either don't do it at all or they do it and they find out very quickly that they cannot do it and it becomes overwhelming. There's just a lot of, again, risk can definitely be financial because again, something went awry with the billing or it can be way worse and you can have a compliance issue on your hand. So that's where we got can. it. Got it. So basically, so for me to summarize is that if you're going to do it completely with an outsourced company, you're going to be missing, obviously you have the expense of, you know, paying management company and, and the actual product is not going to be the same because they're an outside company. And as much as the best kinds companies, and some of them do a great job at this, 
But at the end of the day, they're an outside company and it's just not the same. Doing it in-house without that oversight, even if you hire a great uh, rehab manager, there's still going to be money left on the table, inefficiencies in productivity, which is also a financial concern. But then as well, you also have the compliance and the clinical aspects as well. So even though you have those advantages, so you're saying the, the perfect medium is mm-hmm. having it in-house. You have all those advantages, but but yet having the oversight. Now, some companies think that maybe in the building level, I don't have that oversight. But if it's a company that has multiple facilities, general directors, and all sorts of other people, that uh, you know that those people can do it. Or maybe hire one person on the regional level to do it. But what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> so same type thing. We, we, we've heard that as well. So if, if a company, maybe they have 10 buildings and they think, okay, if I get one really great regional person, if I pay them X amount, they can watch over these 10 buildings. And we're like, okay, that sounds great. Let's take into account the cost of the software that you're going to have to pay and the cost of the PDPM analytic that you're going to have to pay for. And then you probably still need some sort of recruiting. Let's not forget recruiting. So you need a recruiter. You need to pay the uh, fees to post jobs. Then you have to, again, clinical, does your regional, do they, are they really going to be able to do complete oversight for 10 buildings and make sure that the clinical programming is okay? And are they able to speak to PT, OT, and ST? So if you hire a fantastic regional who's a PT, are they really going to be able to, you know, lead in and, and direct speech? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, you have, again, your billing intricacies, you have the customization of the software, you have your exporting, you have, I mean, again, I can go on and on and on and on. It is all a huge job for one person. It's not realistic at all that that one person is going to be able to manage every aspect of the facility. Not even, I mean, we haven't even touched on, you know, your long-term care programming, your CMI, again, your safe discharges, it goes, the list is, is forever. So then you go, okay, well then I'll add a clinical person on top of that. Well, then, okay, I probably need to add, you know, so now you have recruiting, you have a regional, you have a clinical person, you have, I mean, so when you do the math, you're, it's too expensive, again, inefficient. And what if your regional is sick? What if they go out? Who now is in charge? Who is, again, watching over? But the great thing about us, our regionals are are on site, but behind them are Mm -hmm. 50 other um, people that are a part of the, the greater good, looking out for all these pieces, so. So the bottom line is it doesn't work. So you could say that, listen, I'm going to pay somebody $100,000, $150,000. This person's, I'm going to hire Frida and she's going to manage my whole company for me. And that's it. I won't have any other uh, support. The bottom line is it doesn't matter who you hire. It, it just does not make this so many different moving parts. There's so many pieces. It's completely not practical to do it. But if you try to do it and not have this outside support, Ultimately, financially, clinically, compliance-wise, it just just does not work nearly as well as having the support of a complete company, you know, looking over everything that you're doing. So obviously, this is this is pretty simple. It's not just the skill that they're hiring. It's not just the skill that you're bringing to the table, you as a company. Rather, we're talking about this is a, a complete uh, support level, which is something which cannot be done in-house and if it is done in-house then it's going to be super super expensive to do that and it will be completely not practical to do that the only way it makes sense is if you do create the support system for multiple facilities and multiple companies throughout the country which is pretty much what you guys have done and which why could work for you but to do that and be the operator that really does not make sense so yeah that's a fabulous way to, to to summarize it the other thing is i kind of find 
interesting is when they say, you know, we're going to, I'm going to find, get a fabulous regional. I'm going to pay them all this money. Good luck finding that person because it is really difficult to find therapists who are really strong in both the financial and the clinical and are able to really oversee multiple facilities. It is a, that's a huge job. And that is a very intricate skill set. And mm -hmm. those people are not falling out of trees, you know, that they just are not. So even if you, one person could do everything under the sun, finding that needle in a haystack is, it's, it's really, really difficult. So there's that piece as well. Got it. So let's talk about the topic of in-house hidden costs. So you, I know that you guys are the in-house rehab providers, and this is something that that you deal with. Can you explain a little bit what that is and how you deal with it? Sure. So, you know, it's funny. It's really never been a topic of discussion, I don't think, in the industry as far as in-house versus outsourcing. I mean, as far as just the basic, if you go in-house, it's going to be cheaper. That's kind of a, a no-brainer. Then you have all these other things that we talked about, right? You mm -hmm. have other costs. And what, what could be some costs if you're going to go in-house? You know, there can be, of course, licensure. Now you have benefits. Of course, you have payroll. There's hardware that you have to purchase. So there's all that. Now, if you are completely in-house without management, then you have all these pieces that we talked about that you're going to need, um, again, the software. You're going to need to be able to customize that software. You're going to need, again, all these positions that we discussed as far as support, you know, so having, there are costs for sure, hidden, I don't know about hidden, but more, you know, things to think about, things that you may not have considered. But when you have a management company, there's not really a hidden cost. We're very upfront with our clients when we discuss their cost savings. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to save XYZ a month and this much a year. That's fantastic. Then we talk about the cost. Now, what are the costs going to be? Of course, benefits, and on which we take that into account when we do our, our analysis. Um, mm -hmm. Again, hardware, they're going to have to have that. Maybe some more HR support, depending on how big the, the, you know, the company is. But other than that, there's not really a lot of hidden costs when you have a management company. And for us, we have to be completely transparent. We have to show you all your costs with the potential. And that's what we do every single month with our KPIs. We're showing you what you have you know, paid out in salaries, what you paid out in benefits, what you paid out in our fee, and then your revenue side. And then we're showing you what is your cost per minute. So nothing is hidden with us because we can't afford to hide anything. And there's really nothing to hide. We have to be transparent. You know what you're paying in salaries. You know what you're paying in benefits. And I always tell people, you know, I have to prove my work to you every single month. Otherwise, if I don't do that and I'm not doing a good job for you, you know, you again, you could do it yourself for badly. You wouldn't need us. So we have to perform and we have to be very, very strong in our KPIs. And that's why we have to be completely transparent. So um, we would not have any kind of uh, hidden fee. We are all inclusive. We are one flat fee per month. We do not have any add-ons. We do not charge for recruiting. We do not charge. There's nothing. You know what your fee is going to be every single month. It is static. Got it. Got it. So let, let's let's just talk about the rehab department in general for a moment. Uh, so regardless if it's going to be in-house with support, in-house without support, if you're gonna if you're gonna outsource it, because re really the in-house versus outsourcing 
applies to many different departments. Even it's a you know bigger conversation. Like you talk about the dietary department, you can talk about housekeeping. I don't think nursing is practical uh, unless you're talking about agencies, um, and it's a different conversation. But in general, what do you see as the biggest challenge for the rehab department in managing the day-to-day? Is it from the financial side or even from the actual clinical side? Something that all rehab departments, regardless of how they're set up and how they're structured, is there a particular thing that you see time and time again that when you work with facilities or when you observe facilities, even if they're not your clients, a certain area where they struggle with, and maybe if you can tell us how you solve that issue, I know I'm throwing this on you, yeah, how <laughs> you solve that issue, you know, w- with the facilities that you work with. Sure, sure. Probably the biggest thing would be staffing. I mean, that's really the, the biggest reason why people are uh, worried about going in-house is because of staffing. So we have that down. I mean, that's what I've done my whole career. We have an amazing recruiting department, a very robust recruiting department. And so for us, it is very seamless. You know, we have well over 280 buildings and I, you know, we have two contractors, so two agency employees in our, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. We don't really have an issue with staffing because honestly, people want to be in-house. Therapists, love being in-house because they know it's safe. You can lose your contract at any time when you are outsourced and they know that. And with PDPM, you know, there has been more availability for, you know, therapists. So we are able to staff, you know, anywhere in the country, remote or rural, it doesn't, you know, we don't really have any issues with that. So that's been phenomenal. But for a, you know, if you're doing it again, completely on your own, staffing can be, can be tricky. Um, so that's usually what we see. And we'll see it sometimes also when I go into a building and, you know, they may have, you know, PTOG speech, but I look and I go, gosh, you know, this is a 120 bed facility and your long-term care programming is really, really tiny. And it'll come out that sure enough, they don't really, they can't find a PTA, they can't find a, you know, a, a CODA and your long-term care patients kind of you know, get pushed to the side because, of course, you're, you're taking care of the, the med A's that are coming in. And that's really unfortunate. There's a lot of issues, of course, if you're not able to service your long-term care residents like, like they need to. And so that's where we find, again, the biggest hole, the biggest struggle for in, in-house companies that are, I mean, facilities without any support. The other thing would be the, you know, getting that communication between rehab and nursing it is much more than just filling out that was waiting for you to go there yeah a hundred percent so the 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 you know where the focus can definitely be is you know did rehab build out a form that is requesting nursing documentation for xyz or nursing wants is referring a patient back to rehab but what we have found again with pdpm the communication is has to be so much deeper than that and that's what we do. So our days of really, truly managing just rehab are gone. So we are quality rehab management, but we have evolved into quality reimbursement management, basically, um, because we work so diligently with the MDS nurses and we work on the MDS and we're working constantly on that reimbursement 
And again, it has to match rehab. You cannot have rehab doing their own things, scoring their own GG, setting their own goals, and nursing doing something else on their side and something else showing up on the MDS. Those things have to be aligned. So we work very hard. We work probably 50-50 with rehab and nursing, making sure the documentation is strong on the nursing side, making sure that the GG is matching for both nursing and rehab, making sure that the goals are matching for both and making sure that at the end of the day, we know where this patient is going. We know we're going to give them a safe transition and we know where our outcomes are going to be strong. But you cannot have that unless both of these uh, entities are working toward the same thing. And we haven't really seen that when we go into a building for the first time. There's usually, again, very separate goals or very separate GG or very separate. Everybody's kind of working. Of course, nursing is working for, with nursing and rehab is working with rehab. But you have to collaborate because it is a different world under PDPM. So two things you mentioned regarding PDPM. Number one is that there's a bigger availability, a bigger pool of staff that are available as a result of PDPM. And the collaboration between nursing and rehab is even more critical. Mind just jumping into each one for a moment, explaining why that is so. Sure. So with PDPM, you know, there's, we definitely love this model. Under PPS, everything was driven by therapy was all mm-hmm. therapy minutes, all therapy visits. You know, again, if you're going to just be very simple. Under PDPM, that is not the case, right? It's all driven by diagnosis and, you know, PT, OT, ST, nursing, NT components. And it's all, you know, reimbursement based on the what the patient is presenting with, what the patient, uh, the, you know, diagnosis of the patient. And so it's very, very different on how that reimbursement works. Well, because of that, because now that, you know, Med-A reimbursement is no longer driven by rehab volume, then you started to see less and less therapy happening, maybe not as many minutes, because that's not what is needed for the patient, depending on diagnosis of that patient or what the patient needs. Now, again, that's something CMS is watching and you cannot have this huge drop, but we saw it. Definitely. And so, again, there was more availability. Wait one second. Why can't, what's wrong if they see a huge drop? Because there was a limit back under PPS to get the highest payment. You had to deliver 720 minutes a week. And now, so one, one minute to the next, when, when, the, when the payment changed from one day to the next, CMS was saying, well, of course, if you were giving this patient 720 minutes this week, why wouldn't you give them 720 minutes this week? Well, is it just because reimbursement changed? And so that yes. was something. There's a reason why for the real answer is yes, but there's also, they're not stupid. They know there's a reason why they changed the PDPM to begin with, because they know that we're giving someone who hospice is saying they should go on hospice right. and rehab is saying, no, they need 720 minutes. Right. And obviously right. that that's a problem. So, yep, but was- I guess if you, it can be so obvious. Right. So at the end of the day, you should always do what the patient needs. Right. And so that's what PDEPM has been so great about. If the patient needs 720 minutes today, they should get that. And if they need Mm -hmm. 400 minutes, they should get that. So, you know, it's kind of right side rehab and that's been phenomenal. That's been great. But doing that, of course, now you have some therapists that are like, oh, we're overstaffed and you don't need as many therapists. Now there was the original thought at the very beginning of PDPM that there was going to completely slash rehab and it, it was not going to be pretty. So again, that was another reason why I really felt strongly um, about creating this company because I'm a therapist 
And I don't want to see that there's a complete slash of therapy just based because of reimbursement. And now my industry is not looked at as, as something that is a need anymore. And so to preserve that, I really felt strongly that, you know, as some operators were saying, oh gosh, we're only going to give a hundred minutes a week. I don't want to see that. That's not the best um, thing for the residents. And that's not the best thing for our industry. We want to, to uphold that. So we want to make sure we're just doing the right thing. We don't want to over deliver where it's not necessary. We don't want to under deliver. Everything shouldn't be based completely on that reimbursement. On money. You're going to do the right thing. Right. I mean, you have to be fiscally responsible. You have Correct. to use, I mean, That's why managed care companies exist. You know, they dictate how many minutes they dictate that length of stay. Correct. Of course, we have to be a value, but you want to always keep that in the forefront of your mind and do, be able to do the right thing. So, right. so therapists did become more available. It has not been where there's complete layoffs everywhere and therapists are just begging for jobs. It's not like that. You can't find therapists that easily. You still have to recruit. You still have to vet. You want to make sure you have strong, good therapists. You want to be able to take the new ones and give them real true support. So they're going to mm -hmm. be mentored. So again, there's a lot um, that, that went into that. And so that is uh, why therapists are a little bit more available today. But in our rural areas are still tricky. What about Was the it? collaboration with nursing? How is, how is that? It's always been a challenge and it's always been that friction between especially when rehab was outsourced it's like we're the professionals coming in and you the nurses better listen to us and the nurses are we're the ones who know the patients you just come in for a little bit you better listen to us but and obviously that was always a challenge but why is that even more critical now with ptpm because it is about kind of that recipe for that patient and so many things are going into that go on to that mds that give you the final again reimbursement you have to have a good understanding of the correct delivery of care. So when you collaborate, again, you don't want a patient to come in, nursing's doing their thing and PTOTST go off and do their eval and do, no, nope. The patient comes in and everybody sits together, they round on that patient. What diagnosis is this patient? Okay, what is gonna happen with it? Where is this patient going? That's number one. What is the discharge plan of this patient? Are they going to stay long term? Are they going home? What is that? You know, it, we have to know right out the gate. Okay, what? Who needs to see this patient? Do they need PT? Do they need OT? Do and you all decide that as a collaborative team. What nursing services do they need? So as we do that, it it, it becomes something where things are not missed because if you miss anything under PDPM, that affects your reimbursement. If you miss a swallowing issue. You don't, you don't code that on the MDS. That impacts your reimbursement. Every single thing, there's hundreds of things that go on that MDS that, that impact the reimbursement and get that paint that picture for CMS. Everybody has to be on the same page. They really truly do. And we're talking about social services. We're talking about because there's tests that they got to give. And it, it, if you're not doing that again as a collaborative effort, you're, you're going to fail under PDPM. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I'm just looking at the time now and I see how much time has gone by. So we, need to, we do need to uh, wrap this up. So before we let you go, are there any final tips and tricks that you would want to share with those who are managing their rehab in-house already and struggling with some of the things that, that we've discussed right now? Is there any simple low-hanging fruit, something that they can do today 
to actually improve on some of these challenges before they see the light and realize that they should reach out to QRM. Oh, I was going to say, the, the easiest thing to do would be to call us quickly. <laughs> that, of course, or, is the easiest thing to, is to, is to get that support. But then they're listening to this episode right now and they're saying, okay, we're doing it in-house. I see all these uh, challenges. We have all those challenges. We're not yet ready to pull the trigger on hiring the, you know, an outside company to help us manage this process. Anything that you already do that maybe they can implement today that would help them process so that they can get value just from this conversation, even before they go and they bring in a company such as yours? Sure, sure. I mean, I have a lot of people that are currently my client or are about to be my client who I've worked with for a year. <laughs> so they'll kind of call me and say, hey, I'm not ready to do this. And same exact thing, but I'm in-house and I'm kind of struggling. What do you think? And I'm happy to tell them. I told somebody yesterday, what do you need? I'm happy to give you resources. I, I mean, we know so many people. What is it that you're lacking? Do you need IT support? Do you need uh, consulting? What do you, I mean, we have a ton of resources. You don't have to use us, but call us. We're happy to help. Um, they'll call me something simple about, do you have a, a, a PDPM tracker? Do you have a CMI tracker? What you, sure, I'll send that to you here, whatever you need. But the most important thing really, I would say, would be to bring your team in, bring in your, not just your DOR, but your PT, your OT, your speech, bringing your nurses, bringing your, and everybody needs to sit together. And what is the goal of that company? What is it that we need to do? How can we help collaboration? How can we help to make sure that the GG matches and the goals match and work together as a team? People have beautiful, wonderful ideas. Therapists, nurses, people are in this industry because they care, because they mm -hmm. want to do the right thing, because they want to see good outcomes. And sometimes they're kind of handcuffed for whatever reason. Find out why. Find out why that why they're having struggles. Break that down. That is the beauty of in-house. You can do whatever you want. You can have your OT over your bathing program and work with CNAs. You can have your PT work with your CNAs on getting patients up. You don't have, you don't no longer have, oh, that's not my employee and they can't do it because of productivity. Use mm -hmm. them wisely. They can all collaborate on the MDS and help you with that. They can all take a webinar on whatever it is that you're struggling on and learn together. It is when you empower people, beautiful things happen. And that's what we love about in-house. People are wanting to do the best, but they need support. They need knowledge. They need help. And so we are blessed every single day to work with these company, work with these facilities, work with these individuals to help bring out the best that they can be for our residents and for this population that really needs us. So well, that would be well. Okay, excellent. Amazing. So that you said that if people do want to learn more about you or they want to reach out to you directly or to, to your company, where where's the best place to send them? Well, I would say to go to our website, which is qrmhealth.com. Or as we have found, a lot of people just Google Frida <laughs> oh, really? and they QRM and then I pop up. Yeah. So luckily my name's a little rare, maybe. So Frida Moad or QRM or any combination of that. And they could usually mm -hmm. find us, but our website, qrmhealth.com. Uh, we're absolutely, we're here to help no matter if you completely engage with us or not. We are a resource for you first and foremost. Okay. Amazing. 
Amazing. I really like just what you said before. I'm just reviewing that in my head right now. Is that when you empower people, beautiful things happen. And this is so, so true. And you cannot empower someone else's staff. You're limited to the extent that you can empower them. And if you want to create new programs and new initiatives, instead of just surviving, instead of just checking all the boxes, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, making sure that nobody deems you in your annual survey or you don't get you know, any money taken back, you can actually, you know, you can actually be proactive. And like you said, you can do a bathing program, get people out of bed. There's so many things that you can do with sharing the talent, skills, expertise of your rehab team throughout, throughout, you know, together with your nursing team and throughout the facility, not just in the gym, but actually on the floors if and when it is necessary, obviously in a way that's fiscally responsible, but that, that is a completely different it's, it's breaking down the barriers, I guess, between this the nursing home and then this rehab. Even in an in-house, you know, rehab team, that those barriers exist. This institutionalized knowledge in the nursing home world is very, very strong and very, very powerful. And it takes uh, proactive, conscious efforts to break down those barriers. And like you said, but if you have them actually working together on a shared result, that can absolutely be phenomenal. So thank you for coming on the on the podcast for you today. I really appreciate it. Head on over to qrmhealth.com, Google Freedom Moed, and see what comes up. <laughs> somehow, you know, we'll get in touch if you have any questions about managing your in-house rehab team, even if you're not re- yet ready uh, to pull the trigger. And as always, this podcast discussion will be available at the nursinghomepodcast.com. Head over there as well for previous episodes of the Nursing Home Podcast. So thank you again, Frida, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.